0: Everyone, Mike Pennington. Thank you you so much. Uh, Welcome to um, my annual end of the year sermon at the Journey Church. I guess we need to turn that off. Thank you. I know it was working. All right. Very good. Uh, and so uh, it seems like that uh, for the past three or four years, I've done the end of the year, but I've let Matt know that I love to do this, and um, uh, I make myself available to my pastors anytime that they need to be gone, and so it's just a tremendous joy to uh, to be with you. And speaking of him, uh, your pastor has become one of my uh, dearest friends, and he's a confidant. He's someone that we bounce ideas off of each other. He is on my leadership team, uh, and, and so I just appreciate your pastor more than you could possibly know. And uh, Clint, appreciate you so much for leading the music uh, today. Yes, amen. and um, uh, and, and you are going to enjoy a, a well-deserved furlough. Uh, and refreshment, and, and he's going to still be a part of the church. I hope you heard that. Uh, he, uh, but he just needs a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of a break, and so uh, but we appreciate him so, so very much. And uh, and I appreciate this church. I'm excited about what you are doing, and it's interesting your um, video that you show at the beginning of the um, uh, of of the service is. It really just flows right through my message this morning. Now, you've heard me preach, if you've been here any time at all, uh, you've heard me preach uh, from time to time, and you know that I love to do expositional, verse-by-verse, study the Scripture, and this kind of thing, and that's one kind of preaching, and I love to do that. This morning, I'm going to be doing something a little bit differently. I'm going to be doing what I would call confessional preaching. God is leading me on a journey. And pun intended there, you were on a journey too here at the Journey Church. But my wife and I established and we began a journey back in September. We went to Colorado and were part of something called a soul care experience. And boy, I did not understand just exactly how deeply my soul needed caring for. And it was a life-changing time. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that with you this morning as we look at three of the most important questions that your heart can, uh, can ask. You know, life is filled with questions. Who am I going to marry? What job should I, should I take? What college should I go to? Where should I live? We've got all these kinds of questions and, and we wonder about those. Philosophers and theologians have come up with three questions. They say that the life's greatest questions. Now, I'm talking about your heart's greatest questions. So these are different. That life's greatest questions are, who am I? Why am I here? going now I know the answer to all three of those that's a different message but I hope you know why you are here where uh, who uh, who you are why you are here and where you are going and if you don't ask me after the service and I can surely help you to clarify those but today we're going to look at three different questions three questions that um, if you don't answer them You see, you can know the Lord, and you can be even walking with Him, but if you don't answer these three questions that are indispensable, you could live a mediocre life, a life that is filled with frustration, discouragement, and even anguish. And so, what are those questions, and how do we live on a different level? On the screen is going to be the the Scripture for today, and it's out of 1 John, and so I want us to read it together if you can see it. Can you see that okay? Let's stand together. And read this out loud, if you can um, uh, can see this there's this slide and another it's out of first John chapter four verses twelve, excuse me, seven through twelve let's read together, Beloved, let us love as one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love in this is the love of God was made manifest among us. Father, we come to you now, and Lord, we ask that you would bless the reading of your word, bless this scripture to our hearts, and Lord, may we be touched today. May we understand what it means to be beloved, what it means to be that one that you have called your beloved and you have given Jesus for us. And so, Lord, this is a journey today, and I hope to launch these folks that are here today on a journey of answering these three questions that are so important For the rest of their lives in jesus name we pray amen please be seated the first question is a simple one am i loved am i loved reality is we live in a performance world don't we if you've got a job you've got to show up on time you've got to do a good job or you'll you you could possibly uh, lose that job it's a performance world When children go to school, they have homework and have to come home and and do that homework, take it back. We get grades and we take tests. It's a performance world that we are are living in. And I just need us to ask and answer the question this morning. Do you understand that you are beloved? Did you notice that word beloved in that scripture that we just read? It was in there two or three times. Beloved, beloved, beloved. Take that word and separate it. Be beloved loved understand just how great the father's love is for you we are on a journey of a love relationship henry blackaby said that in the in the course experiencing god that we are on a journey of of uh, a love relationship with the lord but i have found just like the country song too many people including myself are looking for love in all the wrong places we get ourselves off track. We get ourselves into, uh, into different messes. We'll talk a little later about the prodigal son, and we know what happened to him. He got way off, tr- off track, looking for love in all of the wrong places. Maybe, and see, I'll say this probably two or three th- times in the message today, there are a lot of things that we believe with all our head. <laughs> it hasn't quite penetrated our heart. I can tell you, your beloved I can show you in the scripture, I can, I, I can help you with it, and, 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 you, you, and probably lead you to believe it and truly experience it, but I discovered back in September that I'd really not fully understood it for myself. Am I loved? Does God truly love me for who I am? Does God truly love me, not based on performance, but based on Himself and based on, on His love? Maybe maybe you're like me. Maybe you grew up in a home where there wasn't the, the outward expression of love, and, and hugs were... And I got some hugs, but, but, but my father, he, he was not verbal about, Michael, I love you. And I began to look for love in some of the wrong places as well, and... I began to look for love in in work. And I was good at what I did. And I could make people love me. And the better I did, the more I was loved. At least that's what what I thought. But um, it was not, it was in my head and not really in my heart. Do you really know in your heart that God's not mad at you this morning? And you might look at me and say, well, well, you don't know what I did. You don't know the hurt that I have caused. You don't know the this and the that. And no, I I don't. But I, I do know Jesus. And he stretched out his arms and said, I love you this much. God is not mad at you this morning. Now, He doesn't wink at sin, and He doesn't just excuse sin. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand me. Don't, don't hear me wrong. But I want you to know this morning, over in Jeremiah, there's a verse in Zephaniah, rather, in, uh, that, it, that it says that, that, that God sings over us, and He rejoices over us, and He loves us. The Old Testament tells us, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's who our God really is. And so sometimes we look to be in performance. We look to try to, to earn it. Sometimes we, we, we don't understand or we don't feel love because of self-rejection. Sometimes, again, it's maybe it's something that we did or we, we don't feel like we measure up. God this morning is warning you to understand that you don't have to be successful loved. You are loved. You don't have to perform to be loved. You are loved. You don't have to do well or be beautiful or handsome or be a good girl or a good boy. You don't have to be perfect. My wife and I have been studying something else called the Enneagram. And the Enneagram is just a a personality profile kind of thing. And my wife is a number one, and that's the person that tends to be the perfectionist or the... um, uh, tends to be the improver. That's another way of talking about a person who's a, a number one. And don't let the numbers confuse you. But, that, but that's just, you know, my wife grew up, and she grew up in a home where perfection was expected. Some of you grew up in a home like that. You had to be a good girl or a good little boy. And when you were out, you said, yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, and no, ma'am, and no, sir. There's nothing wrong with that. But you just, you had, there were certain norms. If you were going, if my wife was going to receive love from her mother, she had to be conforming to all of those rules. Getting back to that performance world. And my wife said that it was not until college that she discovered that she was loved for who she was. And she just discovered a whole new aspect of the love of God, and it was just absolutely, absolutely incredible. In that Enneagram, you're wondering what I am. I'm a number eight. Number eights are the leaders. They're, they're the protectors. They're the, they're, they're the ones that are, are kind of out front. And, and um, when you've got the personality type that I've got, you, you can run over people. And I try not to, I've learned, you know, I, I don't run over people quite as badly as I used to, but, but, but I, 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 you know, I was basically one of those folks, lead, follow, or get out of my way, because, I, you know, if there's a, a leadership vacuum, I'm going to, going to take over. And, and I thought by doing well, and by leading well, and by building organizations and everything else, that that would make me loved. But that's, um, that was not where I was loved. I've got good news for you. God has a a better way we're going to look for a moment at the baptism of jesus the scripture is going to be on the screen we're not going to read it out loud but i'll read it to you there's some words here about the baptism of jesus that are absolutely revolutionary and i hope you will see this and i hope you will understand this and i hope you will embrace this because this is in mark chapter one on the baptism of jesus but I want to remind you of something that, Jesus, that God said in John chapter 1, verse 12. As many as received him, to, give he, to them he gave the privilege, the right to become children of God. When God speaks to Jesus, those words apply to us as well. But let's just look at what it says here about the baptism of Jesus. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of the Galilee and was baptized by John uh, in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw what? The heavens being torn open. And the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Go back. Leave that scripture up there for a moment. Thank you. I look at that and I just say, wow. Do you notice the vivid language? Now, Mark uses vivid language in his gospel. It's immediately this happened, and suddenly this happened. And and I just love that in verse 10, he saw the heavens being what? Torn open. It doesn't say, the heavens opened. (laughs) The heavens were ripped open. It's like God was out in the universe, and Jesus was being baptized, and he knocked Jupiter and Saturn. He said, I've got to get to my son. And he ripped the heavens open. And what did he say? He said, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. Now folks, hear me and hear me closely right here. Did Jesus need to hear that? I think he did. Our Savior, the Son of God, was fully human. And fully God. He was the God-man. But, folks, he didn't just tune up up his godness Godness, and and just just understand and know everything. This was important to the Lord Jesus. God said, you are my beloved son. What had Jesus done up until this time? He'd been a carpenter. Joseph raised him to make tables and chairs and and frame windows. And and, and that's what Jesus had done. And now Jesus, after 30 years of obscurity, He comes to the Jordan River to be baptized. And God said, now's the time. Now you need it reaffirmed. Not that He had ever doubted it, but now you need it reaffirmed. And everybody in the crowd heard, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased with You. And here's the key that I want you to understand. When Jesus uh, heard these words, He had never done a miracle. He had never walked on water. He would not raised Lazarus from the dead. He would not healed and cast out demons. He hadn't done anything. And here's what I just beg you to understand. God's love for you is not based on performance. It's based on His character and your belovedness. Can you say it out loud or even to yourself? Just say it to yourself. I am beloved. I am beloved by God because we are children of God. We are joint heirs with the Lord Jesus. We're now in, in the family, and the scripture we read a, a little bit earlier talks about um, uh, talks about that in verse, uh, in verse 10. This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation is a beautiful word. You remember the Old Testament? There was the temple, but before that there was the tabernacle, and they had the Ark of the Covenant, and the middle of the Ark of the Covenant was something called the mercy seat. And that's where the blood was sprinkled, and forgiveness was given on the, the day of Passover, on the um, uh, one day a year. The word propitiation, that big word in, um, in, in our language now, it simply means mercy seat. He's our mercy seat. He gives us mercy. Again, not based on our performance. We can't save ourselves. We all know that. Our basic theology is, is, yes, there's the total depravity of man. We cannot save ourselves, and we don't deserve salvation, but He gives it. And as He said to the Lord Jesus, You are my beloved Son, With you, I am well pleased. I want you to hear this morning: You are beloved. You are a beloved daughter of God. You are a beloved child of God. And folks, when I understood that in the mountains of Colorado back in, in September, my life changed, and it will never be the same because I don't want not only believe now with all my head I believe it with all my heart out there at this retreat center that we went to there we we had different times of teaching but it was a called soul care and so we had plenty of time in the afternoon to study and pray and and walk through the incredible mountains and they had developed this prayer Trail that had twelve or fourteen stations of of prayer, and you, you would go and you 'd sit on the bench and have a prayer guide, and you would uh, uh, would read it was really beautiful and it just 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 astounding and that morning it was a Friday morning, I believe we were there until Sunday on Friday morning. the teaching had been about belovedness, and folks, I have preached on the unconditional love of God, and I believe in the unconditional love of God, and i convince, can, can convince you of it. Probably, I think, but, but again, it, it hadn't, it, it <sighs> I'm not going to share details this morning, but you have no idea how broken I am. And you know how I have no idea how much pain I have caused in my life and how far from God I have been. In my life, folks, just because I clean up kind of good you know, and and um, uh, can speak and put two or three words together, don't think I've got it all together. I am broken, but God can put you back together. Some of you feel very broken as well. Some of you feel you don't deserve God's love. Some of you feel that, that you, you'll never get put back together, that, and I'm not all together yet, but I mean, He says I'm together, and I'm just, I'm just going to walk in that belovedness and, and thank Him. And so that morning, there had been just some tremendous teaching on, on belovedness and belonging and, 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 and just, just how much God really loves us. And that's the foundational thing. It was in your video. It's in all of our scriptures. And with the songs we sang, beautiful about He's a good, good Father. It's who He is. And we, we, we hear it, but has it penetrated all the way to our heart? Well, that morning we uh, finished, and they gave us some assignments for the afternoon. And at lunch, some of us were standing uh, in line, and, and I told the leader, I said, you know, I feel like I just need to go somewhere and weep. I just need to go somewhere and just really, really cry. And the leader said, well, you got some time this afternoon. And I knew exactly what I was going to do. On that prayer trail, there was one station called Adoration. There was another one called Confession. Uh, Another one called um, um, uh, Forgiveness and and, uh, Silence. Uh, I I can't remember them all. but, But one station on that prayer trail was the cleft of the rock. You remember the hymn, He hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock and covers me there with his hand well on that on that property that they had bought for this retreat center, there was a rock that sometime in you know ages past an earthquake or a something had had split that rock and there, there was a there was a cleft in this huge boulder, and most all of us could fit and sit sit right there and just be in the cleft and I knew that 's where I had to go and so I walked up there and I was expecting an emotional experience I was expecting i I said god, I, I just want to be." Uh, I, I want. Oh, I, I want you. I, I want. I, I want to let to let go of all this junk that sometimes I still carry. And um, I, I took a shortcut from our cabin uh, up there. I wanted to get there before anybody else got there, so I could have um, um, uh, a uh, t- privacy, basically. And I walked into that holy spot, and I want you to know, folks, I felt nothing. I felt so dry and so dead inside, and there's this song, um, Casting Crowns. Somebody sings it: "That um, stop holding on, um, um, just be held." And I just said, "God, just hold me." And I just, I felt nothing, and I was expecting—I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting to have that weeping that I that I really needed. And uh, I get there, and I walk onto that, what I really believe is holy ground, and I still felt nothing. I went over, and I sat in the cleft of the rock, and, and I said, God, just hold me, and I just still felt nothing. And it wasn't an audible voice, I don't think, but it sure sounded pretty loud in my spirit. God asked me, He said, ask me what you really need to ask me. And I sat there and I said, God, am I truly your beloved? And that's when the tears came, and I mean buckets. And just a, a catharsis kind of experience as I just wept before the Lord. And received fully. And I know he had forgiven me, but just received fully his forgiveness. And and, and I, I, it was just unbelievable. And, and I just wept. And I wept out loud. And, and uh, after a while, I began to think, I wonder if anybody's listening. <laughs> and, and so I stood up and looked down the, the, the mountain because there was a pretty steep incline to that. And there was a guy down there. And, um, uh, and I, his name was, was Brady and a good friend that we developed on the, on the weekend. And, and I said, come on up. And I thought, you know, belovedness is wonderful to experience, but it's also got to be shared. And he came up and I said, I, I don't know that you could hear what was happening with me, but I just want you to know, and I told him briefly that um, God told me to ask him, am I his beloved? And he said, yes. And so he and I embraced, and we just both wept again. Just um, uh, It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And, folks, I'll tell you, I'm, I will never be the same. I will never be the same. Now, since September, has I, have I messed up? Absolutely. Unintentionally, I've not meant to. I've been see- seeking to live holy and, and, and everything. But, oh, folks, I'll never be the same. And so the question on this point is simply, am I loved? The answer to that question is yes. Have you received it? Are you willing to say, yes, God, I receive your love, and I know that in the midst of all of my mess, and all of us are messes, we we could um, uh, just get in a circle and and share, and uh, yeah, life is messy, but it's a glorious mess. Amen? It's a glorious mess. If you know the Lord Jesus, you are beloved. There are two or three quotes that I want to read to you from an author named uh, named Henry Nowen. Uh, go on to the next one. I, I just love this. He's written a whole book on this, but Nowen shares that declares in reality that we are God's beloved. We spend a lifetime becoming the beloved. I'm I'm not finished growing. I'm I'm learning, and I'm going to keep growing. And so it, he's done, but it's something that he's going to continue. There's another quote I want to read. Yes, and this is Henry and again speaking. And by the way, he's not Southern Baptist, but I'm convinced he knows the Lord. Yes, there is that voice, the voice that speaks from above and from within, that whispers softly or declares loudly, you are my beloved. On you, my favor rests. God says that to you and me. It certainly is not easy to hear that voice in a world filled with the voices that shout, you're no good, you're ugly, you're worthless, you're despicable. You are nobody unless you can demonstrate the opposite. I want you to remember something. We have an enemy. John 10, verse 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, kill. And destroy he wants to kill your sense of being loved, he wants to kill your sense of belonging, he wants to kill your sense of that relationship that we have with with the Lord God. He is, has has declared our belovedness, and we need to accept that and there 's one other quote from Henry that I want to put up there, and, and uh, then we 'll move on. His book is called "The Life of the Beloved by henry uh, by Henry nowen. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, for me, God is the one who calls me the beloved. And now I have a desire to express to others how I try to become more fully who I am. It's like the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is right now, but it's not yet. The kingdom is established, but one of these days when Jesus comes again, it will absolutely be fully, uh, fully filled out. And so, so continue growing. We don't just have one experience at the cleft at the rock out there in Colorado, and you don't get to go to that rock, but you can make a rock right here this morning and say, yes, God, am I truly your beloved? And he will say yes in the affirmative, and he will just change your life and and move it from, uh, from where you are to where you want to be. The next slide shows us some things that are practical, and I want to cover this just real quickly. How do you develop that belovedness? This first point is so important silence, solitude, and stillness. Do you remember in the Scripture how many times Jesus got up a long time before day and went out to a solitary place? Why did He do that? He needed it. He needed to hear God tell Him He was the Beloved. He received that. God was well pleased with Him, but He went to hear the Father. And and in the book of John, it says it so often, uh, that, uh, that I am, my Father is working and I am working. I do nothing but what I hear from the Father. He continually was in that relationship hearing from the Lord. And so nearly every morning, uh, I'm, I'm not perfect at this, nearly every morning I take 20 minutes of silent solitude, and stillness. And sometimes I'll read Scripture just to sort of prime the pump a little bit, maybe something out of the Gospel of John. Uh, By the way, get yourself a red-letter Bible and just read the words that are in red for a while. Just read what Jesus says. Start in the book of John and then go back to Matthew and Luke. And just let let Jesus speak to you. But silence, solitude, and stillness. I take 20 minutes just to listen to God. And sometimes I ask, God, am I your beloved? Because i have messed up again. And he answers yes. Remember the story of Jesus blessing the children? I want you to imagine sitting in the lap of the Lord Jesus and hearing him say, I love you. That's in Mark chapter 10, I believe, uh, nine or 10, chapter 10. Read and reread that story of bring the little children to me for those are the ones that receive the kingdom of God. He's looking for us to have a, 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 um, a childlike heart. Number three, be with people who recognize your belovedness and pronounce it. Have you ever been around someone that when they walk in the room, they suck all the air out of it? (laughs) You know, just all the oxygen goes out of the room. That's not the person I'm talking about. We all need people who love us unconditionally. I've got Terry Samples. I've got Steve Nelson. I've got Roger Elliott. I've got Charles Lee. I have four or five guys that um, uh, they encourage my heart and they help me. So find people that recognize and speak your belovedness and just learn to hear God's voice through reading the scriptures. I've got two more points to this message. I just want you to know that the next two points are much shorter (laughs) than this first one, okay? So nobody panic. Next question. Not only am I loved, but am I safe? Not only am I loved, but am I safe? It's so important to feel safety. Children who've been abused, spouses who've been abused, they don't feel safe in that relationship. They feel rejected, and they feel so many many other things. God wants us to feel safe. We need to daily hear that God loves us, but we also need to know that we are safe because God is safe. God is safe. And as, as we understand that, that, um, uh, that we are safe, to be safe means is kind of the absence of fear. Go on to the next slide. Um, you see, we feel unsafe when we're judged, condemned, or I feel like you want to fix me. Now, there are things about me that need fixing, but let's let God do it, okay? There are things that might need fixing about you, but I'm not going to try to fix you. I'm going to try to love you. I'm going to try to make you not feel judged or condemned or needing to be fixed because Jesus doesn't do that. When Jesus was ministering, who did he minister to? Who were the prominent folks that he ministered to? The poor, the broken, the sick. Remember the woman at the well? Did Jesus condemn her? No. Did he judge her? He did say, go and sin no more, but he wasn't trying to fix her. He was just trying to say, there's a better way to live. And and she goes back to the town and says, I found the Messiah. The woman caught in adultery. Jesus, in fact, it even says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. The demon-possessed people, The, um, the centurion whose servant was, was sick and outcast. Zacchaeus was an outcast because he was a, was a tax collector. Blind Bartimaeus, a poor beggar by the side of the road, and, and all he cried out is, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped. Jesus loved people who felt unsafe. The dirty, the despised, the discouraged, the dangerous, Jesus loved those people, and he wants us to feel safe. Are you safe? We discover safety when people love us because of who we are. I want you to know that I'm seeking to love people as human beings, not human doings. Did you catch that? This performance world we live in wants us to be a human doing, but God says, I want you to feel safe with me. And that's the important thing that I I need to get back to is that when we feel unsafe with others, maybe in our family, especially in our family or at school, we project that onto God. We feel unsafe with God. But that scripture that we've read, whoops, I just, well, that was, (laughs) I don't want to hang myself here. That beautiful scripture in verse 9 that we read earlier. This is the love of God and was manifest, made manifest among us that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. He provides us safety because of who he is. The final question is Do I belong? Do I fit? I know what it's like to be the last one chosen for the kickball game. Just share one more brief testimony, and the reason I am is because it it has defined a a great deal of my life and how I've responded to other people. I was raised the first 10 years of my life in a little community called Santa Fe. It's in northern Murray County. By the way, they pronounce it Santa Fe in, in um, New Mexico, but we pronounce it correctly here in Tennessee, amen? And so I was raised at Sandy Fe. I was country. I was just, I, I was as country as, um, uh, as could be. The saying is that we pumped the sunshine in and the moonshine out. Not my family, but uh, you understand. I was so country. We didn't own the farm that my dad was farming. The owner died. The children decided to sell it. We couldn't afford to buy it, and I went to from somewhere that I was, that I belonged. I was safe. I could play. You know, I was good at sports for a fifth grader. That's where where I was, and um, and we moved from Santa Fe into Columbia. Columbia is a fine town. But well, we didn't, we lived in a neighborhood, and, but I didn't go to school with the neighborhood kids. My mom was a special ed teacher, and she was assigned to teach special ed at McDowell, which was, for lack of a better term, that was the rich kids' school. That was over on West 7th. That was over on, uh, that, that, all of, now there were kids as country as me that went to that school, but I came in and I was teased for being a country hick. They gave me a nickname that was—I can't even speak it out loud. It, not that it was dirty; it just—it wounded me. And I was so wounded. I was condemned. I was judged. I—I I couldn't do anything right on the playground. I—I was—I I was all thumbs now. I, I couldn't—I—I I didn't belong. And I want you to know. I was a pretty good kid, but inside, I hated those kids. And if I take time to think about it, I will still cry over the rejection. And, the, and I, I don't go to f- high school reunions because <laughs> sometimes I still hate those kids. I'm, I have forgiven, okay? But it, the woundedness, that was a trauma. And we hear a lot about childhood traumas, and some of you have some too. Hopefully, you're not going through any right now. But I want you to know, folks, if you will come to the point of understanding you are loved, you are safe in him, and you do belong. And that's why it's so important what we see in the Scripture. And it's, it's, it's beautiful here that in verse 7, Beloved, let us love, love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God. And then over in verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. God has given us the church. He's given us community. I love how in your video it says that you will never be made to feel less than or, uh, or, 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 uh, or lacking. You're loved in this community. Folks, let's be sure to always make the Journey Church a place where you're loved where you are safe, and where you belong. But even more importantly, the whole point of this message is simply this. In your own heart, in your stillness, some of you need to go home this afternoon and get by yourself and just simply say, God, am I your beloved? And listen to what he says. Settle it. Settle it today. There are these three questions Go on to the last slide. I think this is the last one. I want you to join God on the journey of discovering and living out your belovedness. This world needs to see people and and understand people and, and touch people and have people touch them who are beloved, who are safe. Are you a safe person for others to be around? Are you a good listener? You see, all of these questions lead us to action. And it's not action because of performance. It's just that we want to give the love away. We want to give. That's what Jesus said. He spent his entire life. He heard you are my beloved son, and he gave away his belovedness all of the rest of his life and ministry. And he's still doing it today for you and for me. And so join me on this journey, this journey of life transformation, this journey of beloved safe and belonging to the Lord God and to each other. Father, we come to you now. And Lord, I, I just have tried to share my heart today, and I believe I was obedient to you. I wanted to, to just share how you've healed me. You've healed me and still healing from childhood traumas and not just that one that I mentioned, but others that, that happened. And, and just those broken places, Lord. You, you love me in spite of those. You, you, you love me in, um, uh, because of those. Because it's in my brokenness that I come to you and I cry out to you, Abba, Father. I, I need you. I love you. And like those children who crawled into your lap, Lord, I, uh, I want to crawl into your lap and hear you say, I love you. And I want to hear that every day. I need to hear that every day and many times a day. Just who you are and that you love me because of who you are, not because of what I do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment in this moment of prayer, every head bowed and every eye closed, and please just let let his love wash over you. Hear him say, you are my beloved, and I'm well pleased with you. Don't think about what you've done. Think about what he did for you. Think about the safety you feel in his arms. Think about that sense of belonging to him. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us, and let us spend the rest of our lives understanding just how deep and wide and strong your life is, and your love is for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Joining God on the journey, part of the journey is the Lord's Supper. I love the fact that this church has the Lord's Supper every Sunday. The Bible says that the Lord's Supper, part of it is uh, for self-examination. Do we need more examination or less? I think we need more. Y'all just do it every Sunday, and that, is, um, and that is beautiful. Over in Luke chapter 22, it talks about the Lord's Supper. And in the, uh, in the, um, uh, the message translation, which is like a paraphrase, it's an amplification. Uh, the author of the message went on to be with Jesus just uh, really, uh, really recently. Peterson was his last name. But um, he, he has Jesus saying the words he used to translate that in the New King James, it says, I've eagerly desired to take this Passover with you. Peterson said, you have no, you have no idea how much I've longed to take this supper with you. And so our Lord God is inviting us today into fellowship with him. This is an aspect of His belovedness to us. He's giving us the opportunity to have fellowship with Him. And so we want to do that. I'd like to ask those that are responsible for sharing the Lord's Supper to come forward. And we're going to pray. Go ahead and take a tray and hand it to the other. Let's pray, and then we'll pass out the, uh, the elements. Lord, we, we, we come before you this morning understanding that we are loved, that we are safe with you, and that we belong to you. And let that be the heartbeat, the thought, as we take the Lord's Supper this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. They're going to pass the Lord's Supper elements to you, and once you have them in your hand, just hold them, and then we'll take them all together. There's two cups there. There's one below the top one that has the bread in it. So we'll take the bread first in just a moment when they are... Uh, finish distributing. I kind of like the fact that we're taking, that we're passing this in silence. Silent, solitude, stillness. Just, just think about the Lord right now. The Scripture says, over in Corinthians, Paul is talking about the Lord's Supper, that on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and broke it and passed it to his disciples and said, this is my body which is given for you. Think about the fact that he was bruised for our transgressions. He was pierced for our iniquities. And then he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant of my blood for the forgiveness of your sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Beautiful thing about the Lord's Supper is this. He invites us to come. He invites us to participate. But there's an aspect of proclamation. We think about his body which was given for us, his blood which was shed. This says as often as you do it, you proclaim his the the fact that he's coming again. And so what we have done today is said Lord Jesus, you died for us and now We are proclaiming your second coming as well as the beautiful present of being together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the beautiful symbolism of the Lord's Supper. We thank you that it cost you everything. And we thank you that Eugene Peterson wrote in the message the words of Jesus You have no idea how eagerly I've desired to take this supper with you. Thank you, Lord for calling us the beloved, for making us safe, and giving us a place to belong. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I believe Clint's going to come forward if he's back in here. Um, we're, going to take the, we're going to take an offering. That's what we will. <laughs> Whether he's in here or not, I know the offering comes next. All right. Give as unto the Lord. Do what God is calling you to do in the way of giving this morning. Be generous. You'll never regret being generous with God. Yeah, Clint said he had to go help the children, help in the children's area. amen. Let's stand together. Robert, is there anything we've forgotten? We're cool? Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, it has been a joy to be with you today. Uh, I've just kind of shared my heart with you uh, about what God's doing in my life. And uh, the next time I'm here, I'll probably share some more with you about our soul care journey, about just learning more about what it means to be beloved. And please receive it. You are beloved in Christ, and He has made you safe, and He's given you a place to belong. Lord God, we praise you and bless you and just thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you for what Jesus said. Thank you for the, for what you said, Father, over Jesus, that you're my beloved son. And now we too are children of God and that there's nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, neither depth, depth, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any created thing, nothing life, death, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We are loved. Let us walk in that love, being beloved and sharing belovedness with others. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday.